just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. breaking news breaking news this is the first time i feel like we've ever done this i mean we've done this before but we haven't done this in a while so it feels pretty new we have breaking news pretty big news so big news that we had to it is 1106 on the east coast 8 a.m on the west coast absolutely <laughs> it is i thought my work was done my yeah <laughs> justin is feeling every little every bit of 8 a.m on the yeah. west coast <laughs> my but, god but we had to rec- we uh, I, we have to talk about this because there's no way that we can kind of wait a week and let this settle and let this marinate and let everybody else talk about it while we give our thing breaking news i don't know why they broke it at 7 a.m on the west coast but breaking news a major shakeup to pretty much how things are operating from show wise in the wwe um it was announced on Sports Illustrated earlier this morning and confirmed and, and doubled down on WWE.com that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff will become the executive directors of Raw and SmackDown Live, um, you know, subsequently, both. So Raw, Raw will be Eric Bischoff's, sh- I mean, Raw will be Paul Heyman's show and SmackDown mm-hmm. will be Eric Bischoff's show. Mm-hmm. Whew. <laughs> now, I mean... I said it when you told me, I was like, they're not fucking around. <laughs> they're not playing whatsoever, regardless of how you think about, um, you know, the ages of Heyman and Bischoff or what positions that they played and the Attitude Era or, or beyond. This is a huge, huge decision for the WWE because it means that they are essentially giving these two, I mean, love them or hate them, two of the most creative minds, you know, in the wrestling business full control of their flagship shows right so essentially both of them report directly to vince to me this is once again it's a major shakeup when you when you take a look at monday night raw potentially i mean i know paul Heyman has been like a a creative consultant but now his role is official and his role is director and his role is um the top and i'm assuming considering his previous creative roles this might be a little bit different um the, the the most exciting and the most you know jarring part to me is SmackDown and Eric Bischoff. That's something I never saw. I never even fathomed. He's, he's got the he has the um he has the network television experience right that that Heyman doesn't have. I think them going into Fox, they had to shake something up. We knew they were going to be shaking up this show. We knew that they were going to be shaking up everything. Eric Bischoff is someone who has had that experience before like he he knows what the hell you know he's talking about so just super interesting just from the outset of of how they're handling this and you know 
I'm it's it's so strange, you know, you know, maybe this is 8 a.m. reaching for me, but it's like it's so strange that it's like they kind of made the best decisions, but also the most risky decisions they've ever made. Like these two guys, as creative as they are, they're very volatile. Right. And but the the thing is, you know what what's most intriguing about this entire decision to me is one, they well, beyond everything, they still report defense, but two, it kind of it's it's really it's really considering you know Vince's position and how it's kind of begun to change over the last years this is a major change for at least him it, at least him being out there on a weekly basis and being in control of these shows or running these shows um right now he only it, it, it would seem i don't know the specifics of position but it really just seems like he really now only has to go through two people to talk yeah. about anything ever. Like he doesn't really have to go through the entire sit in the creative meeting and, and feel suggestions and, and, and really go through the creative process with the creative members. He really has to like, now it's a, it's a FaceTime call. What are we doing on Monday night on the weekends? What are we doing on Tuesday night or Friday night, you know, over the week. And that's kind of it. it it's, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it, I, it's the further, especially with XFL coming next year and everything that he has his mind of it's further continuing, you know, I, I, I don't know what the process would be called, but I wouldn't say weaning out, but it's more so like a, a delegating of positions and, and, and more of a, a structure and a shift. Absolutely. I, I think that like, this is, this is massive, you know, like th this is, it's game changing. And I mean, the, the fact that they've announced it as such, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the truth. I mean, also people, you know, look at what shows they're on. I mean, Heyman running raw and, you know, I, I don't think that like this should be, you know, not uh, looked, I don't think it should be looked over at all. But like, I remember as far back as like when Kaz was, was working for the WWE and he was saying that he was working with Rousey. He was working with Lashley. He was working with Alexa. He was working with, everyone there but without a title so like he's familiar right with those acts on raw so it makes sense for him to do that i'm interested in seeing how eric bischoff develops talents like roman reigns on smackdown right because this is his first i mean i wouldn't say no it's actually not his first it's um probably the one in a, in a long time probably since the tna era of 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 you know, that we talked about previously in our decade episode, that he's really had a creative control or a creative stake in the company. And his first time having a creative stake in the WWE. I mean, this is kind of, this kind of, to me, his outlook on what wrestling or SmackDown should feel or look like is the most, we've seen it before with Paul, but with Eric Bischoff, it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit different. It's a, it, it, It'll be interesting to see how he wants to put all these key players in line and who he feels that can be sort of a future of a of, of SmackDown or who who he sees can sort of carry the brand into this network era. Um, it's 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 very very different. Like we've seen the stakes as far as I mean, your guys are going to be able to hear it on our episode today you know, as far as like Seth Rollins and, and people speaking out, like we've seen the stakes for the WWE within 24 hours go from zero to 160 million. And with, within, within that amount of time, like they are not fucking around. No, <laughs> it, uh, it, is, it is serious to them right now. It's, it's, 
you know, my, in terms of just how I feel like everything should sort of go, it, it's, to me, I, when I first heard the news, I'll say this, my first reaction to the news was like, okay, this is interesting and cool, and they're both experienced and, and great at what they do. And if you want to build executive, you know, if they're executive directors, these are certainly people with experience and age and things like that. Um, I'm just hoping the continuing of the new ideas follow. And I think with Paul Heyman, you definitely do that. Paul Heyman has always prided himself in trying to be cutting edge and trying to be, listen to the voice of the people and things like that. That's what I hope sort of continues. And I know Eric Bischoff will as well. Eric Bischoff is familiar with the current market and familiar. He's constantly in TV shows, constantly in production meetings, constantly doing this. I'm just hoping continue because it's weird when you look at it. Mm-hmm. The end of two decades ago, 1999, we had these companies going in and once again, the head, Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, and, and Paul Heyman going into their respective, you know, with their respective companies. Now we're heading into this new decade, 2020. It's 20 years later. And these are still kind of the, the paramounts of like what, you know, wrestling is. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about like things have to be progressive and things have to be moving forward and not to say that these guys aren't moving forward, but maybe the ideas of continuing to have these guys in these positions is a little bit like, uh, I'm not fully that. That's just my initial idea. It's like, we're really doing this again. Like is, is there no one else? But honestly, I don't know. They might not be anyone else that Vince McMahon trusts. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, not even just Vince McMahon trusts. I know a lot of people wanted it to be Triple H, but I mean, they, they, and interestingly enough, you know, PW Insider is reporting that uh, Heyman and Bischoff will have Triple H-esque power. Mm-hmm. Like, like the power that he has in NXT, they're going to have on these shows, which is, <laughs> these shows are going to be very, very fucking different. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> they're going to be very different if that's the case. Uh, but I mean, you know, but regardless of, of who Vince trusts, I mean, these are two of the, you know, two of the, the, the biggest minds in the business. I mean, Bischoff in history. Has, yeah, Bischoff hasn't been around, you know, as recently even just booking shit since the Impact, you know, era, which he hated. But um, Heyman's been around. Heyman's yeah. been in the creative meetings. He knows how, how everything works. He's had a, a, a line on it. Like, PW Insider is also uh, reporting that they've been trying to, they've been trying to, you know, sign Heyman since, like, February of this year to do this so like you got to know they they rolled the bag out for him like we we knew changes were going to be made when they got this money and we're seeing it right now like we are seeing them try to boss up and just be like you know what fuck this shit i i think that like the one thing that that you're worried about meals i also worry about as well but it's also like damn it's gonna be really exciting to see what Heyman can do (laughs) i'm really excited to see this shit that is our breaking news segment we're going to get back to the original show, the, the, the show that we recorded yesterday features a ton of talk. Stay tuned to the A-Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. You are listening to the A-Show with the kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin, here with Mills. We are back again uh, at full power this time. <laughs> Mills is back from vacation. We missed you so much, Mills. What's going on? I feel good. I feel good. You know, sometimes I'm not going to, you know, it's not that like, yo, I just need to get away. Like sometimes you do need to get away from the show. And sometimes, you know, especially considering we've been doing this for how many weeks running, it's good to have, you know, one week off. And then, and luckily we have a great team shot to Mark where you can like cover you, cover me and like, 
we can and and it still be a very entertaining, very cool show. So sh- once again, shout out to Mark of RSPN. Um, and you know, I, I feel good. A lot of things happened. Uh, a lot of things went on over the last couple of week that I'm very glad that I was just able to like sit, breathe, and chill a little bit. Um, and it's important to always do that. I always feel like it's important to just you know take a step back and just like really just take a breath on all these type of things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you do so much. I, I think, you know, myself and Mark said the uh said the same thing last week. Like you are you're the you're the lifeblood in a lot oh, of Oh, I listened. I listened just yeah. to make sure that Mark wasn't doing my job better than I am, of course. <laughs> I you know, I had I I tuned in. I tuned in. I'm an A show listener, so you know You're the lifeblood of this, man. Like uh, you had an excellent interview with uh on on uh on chatting with Nelson. Yeah, chatting with Nelson uh that I listened to today and and you know you you know, I think you undersold what you do for us here, you know, you're not just the manager, you, you direct and, and you, you know, I, I don't make a move unless I ask you about it, you know? So it's, it's, it's way deeper than what you even said. I, if you don't want to, if you want to be, you know, uh, humble, I'm not going to be humble. Like meals, he, he pumps, you know, you're I gotta the heart, be of, humble. This you're the heart gotta. of this shit. So, you know, if you want to break, you just, you can take all the time you want, bro. I'll make the covers. I'll try and do everything. The, co- the cover was a little bit rough. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not even a the the wow. cover. You know, a little a little strong on the colors. A little strong, you know. But you know, it's I'm a, going off your. I was going off your template. All I did was replace the picture. Well, yeah, you gotta play around. You you you, you know. I may have taught you things that I know, but I haven't taught you everything that I know. I you know love it. I love that you fucking you're doing this. On live on the show right now, like well, I'm you're doing this right now. That's well, crazy. you know, I just saw. I was like, you know what? It is fine. It is really. It, you know, what's the worst part again? We're gonna have to use Seth Rollins on the cover again because my God, this week in professional wrestling, what a firestorm that man has started up. He's truly burned down our timelines. Like yeah. I did that. <laughs> I, I I I love that. You know, you could do that better. Let me just say. You know, oh, okay. I mean, I mean, All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tip of that. All right. You know. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? You feel me? Let's go. Uh, let me actually get off Twitter because Twitter is in a fucking firestorm right now as we speak. Uh, as we, you know, as we go to air here. Uh, but this all started like the WWE AEW beef is getting very very heated. And it hasn't even hit October yet. Seth Rollins said, you know what, man? Fuck this shit. He got on on Twitter la- uh, last weekend before Stomping Ground. And he said, you know what? We got the best pro wrestling on the planet. And, okay? and here's the thing, though, with that statement. That statement wasn't meant to be argumentative. That statement was meant to be definitive from his opinion. That statement wasn't meant to start a firestorm. That statement wasn't supposed to, wasn't meant. Now, it did because... Yeah. Pro wrestling people fans, people and, oh, people are sensitive. People believe we're in this current era of AEW versus WWE, and it's not something that's very. It's not fully up to the surface level yet, but it is something that's boiling on Twitter and boiling on social media, and 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 you know a lot of pseudo aggression towards both sides. Even though I don't think a lot of I don't know it, it just is, but I don't think that was meant to start what it ended up starting. But boy, did it start it. 
Yeah, I mean, let's just go. Let's, I mean, let's just go right from like the tweets from the beginning. Somebody told Seth he needed to calm down. He needed to calm it all down. He said, "No, nah, let me dial it up." I sat back and watched idiots with no clue talk poorly about the place I dedicate my life to every hour of every day. The level I perform at on constant is untouchable. Time to let them know. And then Will Osprey. Uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and other indie promotions, uh, said, you know, I'm alive in, in response to, you know, they got the best, you know, best wrestlers alive. And and he said, Seth Rollins said, oh, I'm sorry, little guy. We already have a better version of you on here. And he just won his first U.S. title tonight, even tagged Ricochet, uh, who just won the U.S. title at Stomping Grounds that night. And he said, keep working hard, though, buddy. And then he responded. How do you, how, how do you feel about that? That's fine. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. They 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 crush Triple H's throne. They say that we're not doing these scripted promos. They say we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. They've stayed silent. Everyone has stayed silent since January about this. No one has said a damn thing as they they tried to openly poach their talent. They've had everyone talking shit from top to bottom about WWE for months. It is almost July. Seven months in. Seth is the first person to say anything. People have been coming for them for years. I mean, if you want to keep it 100 with people like Osprey and all that other shit, for years. Right. They've been coming at him for years. They've been coming at WWE for years. I could see if it was just out of nowhere Seth said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, these motherfuckers, I mean, they're not even on TV yet. And, I, I mean, Mills, we've been saying this for, for months, too. They need to tone it down with this shit. Because they don't want it to get heated. It's, it's, Will Ospreay it isn't happened. in AEW, though. Is he? Well, I mean, in, in general, in general, like New Japan, that's why, I'm, that's why I, I kind of opened it up. Like, people like Ospreay have been going at Seth Rollins for years. Somebody dug up a, a video of Will Ospreay openly dissing right. Seth. Uh, and, and what he does, like the burn it down thing. So I, I kind of opened it up like, okay, it's everybody. But it's like, motherfuckers, it's okay to shit on them all day long. And then when they come back, is not okay anymore that's my issue with this right now i think sort of and a lot of people and sort of the narrative of this all because it looks like the big bad wwe is coming down on these small companies when that really it's a seth rollins kind of cites this as just it's time for respect and for a long time they've been sitting there and they've been listening and quite frankly they've been listening to the product stinks the, you know, the, the AEW is going to do this. New Japan's doing that. Everything is going this. There goes that. And he's coming. He, he says for the first time that, listen, I'm just responding. I'm not really, I'm not, you know, it, what did he say to um, Wade Keller? Um, oh, he said, uh, he said, hold on. I think I have it here. He said, uh, where, where's the Wade Keller shit? Let me, let me bring it up. There's so many, there's so many fucking. There's so many tweets. tweets. It, There's so many tweets. He was like going in. He like, was going in. But you know what? He was emotional. And it's okay to be a little bit emotional about this entire thing. He's um He said something about the, the amount of money that he makes. How do you uh, feel about that? I mean, the, the it's just different. It's not good or bad. It's just different. <laughs> well, why not? The thing is, a lot of people are not gonna understand that type of talk. Mm. But we understand that type of talk. We listen to hip hop. Here's the here's the thing with that. I mean, to me, it kind of the, the Seth Rollins Will Osprey thing. Um, it just more so comes like, listen, we're the best. Of, he, I think Seth Rollins sees himself one hundred percent as the leader of the locker room. 
especially considering he's holding the championship of championships. And for a long time, it was held by Brock Lesnar and now it's Seth Rollins. He kind of gets to take back and really step to the forefront and say like, hey, this is my thing. This is my business. And if you guys have a problem with it, you need to take it up with me. Um, all the sort of, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of other variables like the money talk to me. I don't think it was necessary because it's like, duh. Like to me, it's like very like, obvious that you make completely set up money one is a publicly traded company one of the biggest in the world and one is i mean it's like probably second or third or something along those lines so i don't really think it was necessary but i do the only thing i really feel is the the call for respect um do you feel like wwe and especially the performers aren't given enough respect in general for what they do i think a lot of the people get confused about the um the criticism comes i think a lot of people are 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 misguided in their in their criticism they they're uh they're pretty much mad at the decision makers but not the actual you know what i'm saying like not the actual uh performers but they they lump the performers in Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day it's like you know it does it in in the end like they they're not making any, any sense because it's essentially they're mad at Vince, you know. So it's just like like, like you're, you're lumping them in, but it's like of, of course Seth is going to take that. It's, he's going to take that as an affront because at the end you are pretty much putting your foot in your mouth when you're saying okay, you know, even though the writing isn't good, the performers are worse or something like that. It's like you're comparing directly like a Will Ospreay to a Seth Rollins, but it's like again Seth works. Just the amount, just the same amount of matches, or if not more, than than Will Osprey does on days where Osprey isn't even working. <laughs> Probably. I mean, so in terms of the tweet from Wade Keller, he says this isn't a good tone at all. If he wants to get people who love good wrestling, regardless of the brand, to feel goodwill towards WWE strengths and its vocal leader, buddy, little guy, disappointing and character defining condescension. This is heel Corbin promo content. Seth Rollins responded with, "I don't care about goodwill, Wade." I care about respect. And if some kid who thinks he's got it all figured out wants to step to me, then he's going to get patted on the head and sent on his way. And so will you. Yeah. Good for him for dog walking Wade Keller. <laughs> yeah, Wade Keller needed to stay out of that. <laughs> um, it's a, you know, the entire, and, and it's spread beyond that. I mean, Corbin got involved. Um, who else got involved? I, th- I feel like uh, Jericho a little bit. Jericho um, did. He laughed at it. It's it's it, it somehow ended up in Drake Maverick and 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 and, and Mike Canellis's lane, and they sort of it was pretty much a free for all on the timeline this week. Yeah, um, everyone was going at everybody. Every all the shots were going off, but it's like Seth started this, and for somebody who like again never really shook the table, like him coming out and saying, you know, I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to, I'm going to shout out my, my brand. I'm going to shout out my company. I fuck with them. I fuck with everybody that I work with. I'm the leader. Even seeing it when, when Ricochet won the, the fucking title on Sunday, like he was the first guy there in that little backstage segment on a uh, right. stomping ground, like clapping it up. Yeah. That, that was a good, you know, that was a good moment. But my thing is this, it's like, everyone loves the shots until they, re- their return. It's like, everyone's like, okay, Seth went too far. It's like, what do you, what do you guys mean? Are you, you guys talk about Saudi Arabia, all this other shit every single day. I you know think, what I'm saying? It's like, like when he's go ahead. I, I I think that it it's I don't know, man. It, yeah, it, I think it's, uh, it's a it's ge- it's definitely a general feeling of you can dish it, but you can't take it because at the same point, it's like 
to me, I, I I say about the NBA and things like that. Like we have all these reporters reporting things and all these fans coming things. Well, what happens when an NBA player claps back and their hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of followers come back and they're coming at you as well. And now you kind of make you seem it's a, now it's kind of like, mm, maybe did I make the right decision? Maybe did I not make the right decision? But you have to be able to take that nonetheless. You have to be able to sort of stomach that and be able to, you know, will that to yourself nonetheless. You have to be like, okay, I can take this. Because at the same time, if you can dish it, you can definitely take it. Yeah. If, if you are if you want to talk about Seth Rollins, if I'm talking about Dolph Ziggler, who I do not like and still do not like, and no, this week, still do not like <laughs> I'm ready for Dolph Ziggler at any point in time to come in my mentions and say like, hey, da, 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 and I'm ready to clap back. Like, it, it is what it is. That's just the name of the game. That's how, I guess, Twitter goes. One person responds, and then another person responds, and another person responds back. That's kind of how it goes. Um, for people to kind of be pitting Seth Rollins in this sort of aggressive tone as if he should be, as if he should play silent. nice. Right yeah, now, not even that. It's silent. As much as like, hey, he should play nice. Um because he's saying things like condescending terms like, well, there's a part of him that's also earned that, you know what I'm saying? And then maybe maybe everyone should be treated as humans. That That's how people should be. I mean, everyone should be treated on the same level as humans and all this other stuff. But at the same time, he's someone who, who's put in more multiple decades in the game, at least one, maybe even more than that. I mean, Superman um, is a world traveled, celebrated champion right. <laughs> in so a fake he, sport. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is true. Um, so I think he's earned the right to say like, hey, listen, I'm done playing these games. I'm done. You know, everyone's calling me out about so forth and this and that and the third. I'm done with that. Like, it's a, you know, Fuck it, it. it's Fuck time to it's shit. time to talk back. And I think probably the most surprising thing was his comments regarding the John Moxley situation. Yeah. And I as much as I loved. um what he was doing on Twitter, I thought it was great. And it's like, and again, before we even get off of that, like people talking about, he's not even, he's not even the best wrestler in the company. I'm like, it don't matter if it was him, if it was fucking Drake Maverick, if it was anyone else, I would still applaud them for stand, for standing up to that shit. There aren't, not everyone. Cause if you know, you know why people don't like this meals because it destroys their narrative. It destroys the narrative that everyone hates working there mm. because there's, a bunch of people, I, you know, you know, who responded to Seth and said like Team WWE Cesaro, which is someone that everyone says he should be gone and he would be doing better here. There, you know, this, that, and the third. This guy, he 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 co-signed it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what surprised me the most. I was like, man, that like that's kind of crazy that he even <laughs> said that. But I'm like, yo, like when you crush the narrative, look how the roaches scatter, so to speak. It's Damn, like you don't gotta call have, him roaches, nothing. buddy. Come on. They have nothing to go off of. They have nothing to, to defend roaches. themselves. They ain't roaches. Everyone on it's yeah, just yeah. the internet wrestling community. This is how it is. This is how it's been since whenever wrestling and internet decided to mold together. Since whatever WCW hotline or whatever the hell it is. Like these this is how it's always been. And to me, it's a lot more there's a lot more venom and I think every everybody and everything trying to say, like even just people who have in your opinions, like you felt it. You've gone, you know, you've said your things and you got people in your mentions talking about how you're gonna work for WWE. Yeah, I mean it's happening, it's happening right now. They're upset because I said fuck off to Kenny Omega. They're trying to dig up my old tweets right now. Well there's so much venom and sort of <laughs> the the they don't even know him. They don't know that you paid the eight dollars already. <laughs> but it's a 
it's weird because like it's weird because like when you pay the eight, not everything went away. I was like, they're bringing up shit. Like there, it's only two tweets where they brought up two tweets. I was like, damn, I cleared out all the twenty ten, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they still popping. I mean, up. I don't they'll know. they'll make some shit up. I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of venom. To me, I'm not a what I say and, and what I also said on the Chatham and Nelson podcast is like, I'm not particularly a fan of it, but I'm just a not confrontational person in general. I'm mm-hmm. fine with whatever. And if I have to, I will, but otherwise I'm not really, um, cause going back and forth, I feel like, uh, I don't like going back and forth. Sometimes you just hit the mute button. Sometimes you just ignore them. Sometimes you just go away. Um, and chances are they'll go away. Block. I straight block. Motherfucker said that I said on this show, this very show that we should we should forgive Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I have no idea what show they were listening to. I was like, bro, I was like, I had to go back to like the episode and be like, did I really say that? I said, then I said, I said, I know that I did say, you know, we don't know what the conversation was between Hogan and E was. So like, how can we, you know, tell E that he is this, that, and the third for forgiving him? That don't mean I'm for. I think I even said it. That doesn't mean I forgive the motherfucker. But if he does, how the fuck? How can, how can I argue with that? But when he said that, I was just like, "That's the stupidest thing ever." So like, I'll block the guy, mm-hmm. and then he'll be like, "Yo, you're a coward." It's of like, course. What, what do you I mean? I mean, but that's a, that's just, just that's just, just that's just how internet culture is now, especially with a lot of it. To me, all of this wreck and stand culture to me. All of this I've seen, it's like I've watched the world burn before and now I'm trying to, I'm watching it again. I've, this is all stand culture. It's, it gets to a point on the internet where when you have competition and this is what happens a lot in like the pop music realm and like um, mm-hmm. pretty much generally the pop music realm. It happens in some other areas of sport too, but it doesn't really happen. It, it, it's the most extreme where people see competition and people don't know how to react or people don't know how to just enjoy both of them. And they can't enjoy both of them because one side usually does something to the other side. And then it's become sort of a once the once the wall breaks, all hell breaks loose. And it's a it's it's created a lot of venom, created a lot of anger on the on the Internet. And it probably it's it's only getting more heated as we get closer to closer to October when everybody has to kind of show their ass with what kind of programming that they got. Um, but, but I mean, we'll see for that, but once again, you know, I want to reel back. And so the most surprising thing for me was yes. Seth Rollins's comments on the John Moxley situation. Um, yeah, I, I, I am not as big of a fan of him doing that as far as the optics of, what that looks like if i was moxley i would be i would have been sick like i'm not sick but i would have been really pissed because to me what moxley did was just telling his story and to be sort of criticized for that because you have a different story and a different perspective and things worked out different for you and i think generally just in general they're two different people while they are friends and close friends they are just two different people um who see the world in separate ways um it's not to me sort of uh getting on him for telling his story wasn't the best sort of action and if i were moxley i probably would have called him like yo you could have called me and told me all this you didn't have to go on sports illustrated media and sort of air me out because we're going back and forth between companies and that's kind of where it goes you know beyond the line like we can read this sort of explanation a little bit and maybe i'll read a little bit but he says um ambrose can do what he wants he's a big boy which is like also 
not the greatest terms. He's got his big boy pants on and he can go out there and say what he wants. But bottom line is not everyone is equipped to handle the rigors of the WWE and the schedule and how it affects you mentally and emotionally. Okay. Not good. I mean, Ambrose, I mean, I mean Ambrose did. You know, he did. He did for a long time. He was yeah. one of the. He, he's actually the most. I think he performed the most consecutive matches for a long period of time in the WWE, just because he was never injured. So he was on the road for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and then why it might have taken a toll on him? Maybe if he gotten injured a few times, maybe he would have much more he, clarity. He just didn't like the creative. Yeah, I mean, Ambrose. He didn't like the creative, and the says, creative wasn't good enough for him. And it might have been good for Seth, or that might be. It's subjective. Like it's not right. It doesn't have to be good for everybody. And you know, him saying, you know, he took his ball, went home, all that stuff. I'm just like, you know, that's the type of bootstrap stuff that I feel like a lot of them are taught, and they indirectly learn that, not exactly fed that. Hello, David right, right. fan. But you know, like it is something. It was like it's it's not. In and my we've, used, we've used that term before. Yeah, I think it's a term it. that everyone used, especially, I mean, considering off the heels of what, what was it? Um, that Austin thing in Austin 2002. Yeah, that's when where we got, learned it. That's, that's where I learned it. That's where we learned it. And we, it's been a part of sort of wrestling vernacular ever since of just taking your ball and going home. Yeah, um, they, that's where they learned it. I, I think where, where I, I, you know, take a lot of umbrage with it is like, that's not exactly what, uh, that's not exactly what, uh, John did. He finished his contractual obligation. They gave him a great a grand send off. I, I think we all we found a lot of fault in what he said. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and what Mox and what Moxie said, and especially considering the way that he left and exited, and you know all of that other stuff. But it's like Seth didn't need to put a dub on it, so to speak. He didn't need to no. put extra on it. I we already he, had our opinion on it. He said he follows up, and I'm skipping a lot. Um, he says you need to take the first step, and that's looking in the mirror and asking yourself, did you do every single thing you could possibly do to make yourself and your situation what you want it to be? And if their answer is yes, you did, then you can go somewhere else and complain. And if you feel good about it, if that's where he's at mentally, then go right ahead. But if he hasn't done that and looked in the mirror and made that decision, maybe he should think about that. And that goes for any other disgruntled talent, past or present. So he's really, I mean, Seth Rollins is really putting a major target on his back for a lot of scrutinization from a lot of past talent. Because quite frankly, my sort of my opinion on this is that you don't make who you are in the WWE ultimately. I mean, there's a part of you that does. And, and a lot of Some that is your, can. and, and a lot of that is your effort in the ring, but essentially you're molded the way the character, the, the, the way the company kind of does. And you're sort of the storylines that you do, the character that you do, the segments that you pull off. A lot of these things are sort of what the company is like, okay, here's where we're going because we are producing a TV show for WWE. And it's it's not sort of the fact that you can go into creative and be like, listen, I'm this is what I'm doing for the month, and that's it. It's it, 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 that's just not how it works. So for him to sort of be like, hey, if, if you really think that you've done everything possible, and there's only so many times you can go to Vince McMahon and just you know talk to him, and then he just says like, there's such good shit, like you know, say, just say shit like that. Where'd that come and, from? Did I miss me. something? I know, but like, where did that, where did that saying, was it from the Bray Wyatt thing? No, 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 no. That was from the Moxley podcast. Oh, oh yeah. He yeah, says yeah. That's uh, such good shit. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, and. Oh, it, whatever. Like, my again, 
it's it's bad to throw your friend under the bus. I think it I, is. I think it is. I I see that Seth is playing the he's playing the role. Like I and again, I love that he's clapping back. But it's I, it's, I it's that. at the detriment. Like it, at some point, it's like you're talking about professional things, and then you're taking things a little bit personal. Like yeah, and you know. I would feel I, mean, I would feel a slighted way if it, and I think anybody would honestly if they were in Moxley's shoes and feel a slighted <laughs> way if you're deciding you're taking because of the tensions and because of things now you're kind of trying to dictate what I've done and what I haven't done with my own career. Sure, sure. I and I think he's absolutely wrong for that. I again, I don't think he's wrong for for speaking out. I think more talent No, I think more talent. Yeah, I, I 100% should, they, think more they talent. should be out. if they feel as though cuz the thing is you know you got to crush the narrative it's like of course they're going to ride for something if they're getting good money and you know we're going to talk about two talents that that did that did you know choose what was best for them you know what i'm saying it's like some people choose what's yeah, best for yeah, them yeah 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 so i mean they choose what's best for them it's like some here's, here's my thing not everybody in every company can be a ceo mm-hmm. like no you're just not going to going to do that but that does that mean that because you're not the ceo you're not happy absolutely not like I, I think that crushing that narrative is fine, but again, like Moxley already created a narrative on both sides of people who didn't like what he said and people who did like what he said, and that's just where it's going to stay at. Seth adding to that didn't do anything but put a bigger target on his back and make make him uh, put put him under more scrutiny. Essentially, like that's just what happened here. I think that you know if you're going to say you took your ball and went home, stuff like that, like remember that you know remember that when you're playing Triple H from 2001 right <laughs> you know like that because that's what i see this as this is triple h essentially when he was talking shit about sean for for being addicted to drugs or when sean was talking shit about rick you know on, on that on that on that thing like wrestlers do this and of course no one's gonna every, everyone's gonna throw stones in in in, in living glass houses there of course like seth has done his his shit like nowhere near as bad as like anybody else but like at the end of the day like seth opened himself up to a lot of shit this week for defending his company and some of it was cool, but in the end, like I got to give him major respect points for calling out people that have really been trying to shit on his his job for for weeks and and months here. You know what? I'm not mad at that. Um, should well, we move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was our long form for the week. Uh, let's talk about WWE cutting up their matches because they don't want matches on. Uh, they don't want matches during commercial breaks, so they've been doing a lot more two out of three falls matches, much in the in the vein of CMLL, uh, just to make sure that there is a match on. You know, there's nothing breaking up commercials, even though they they sort of did still do it during SmackDown because they have that picture in picture deal on Raw. No, they. I mean, completely... it was only because there was the picture in picture deal. If there wasn't, that match would have been two out of three falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, for sure, and, and they have to do that with at least what I think like one or two matches a week on there. So, so here's here's my thing: they don't have to do this <laughs> at all. No one is going to blame them if matches go through a commercial break because matches have been going through commercial breaks since the dawn of WWE. Like it's it just it's a part of Monday Night Raw for the last what thousand plus episodes, twenty five years they've been doing this. Um, SmackDown, five hundred, a thousand episodes, however long they've been doing this. No one's gonna blame them if a match goes through commercial, and no one's gonna say like, you know what? Let me change the channel. Like, it, it it's been proven that people will watch. I think they're going through a tough period in their time right now where viewership is down, and I think them reacting to it immediately instead of one coming with with possibly better creative um coming up with more exciting television 
um, as opposed to deciding we're going to alter all the matches and ruin television even more. Um, uh, oh, all right, all right, all right. I, no, I, I think I, it, I think it's a I think it's bad. Like it's bad. For, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I think it's bad considering you're now instead of now you're playing with the only thing that fans can take umbrage in, which are the matches. But the fans can but take the light. But you're getting the matches during the show. Like you're but still you're, getting but the, the matches. But at the same time, it's like you're going to get that anyway, right? Like you're it, whether it went through commercial I, break, I've you're going to come people, back from commercial break and still I've have seen, the match go on. I've seen people complain and, and dock, I mean, literal ratings from matches because there was a commercial break that broke up five minutes of it. Like I've seen it before. Like there are people out there that don't like it of course you include it but there are also people that enjoy the fact that they'll they'll be able to leave for a commercial come back and get the full match that they want like and here's the reason i don't dislike it because i don't dislike the fact that they're trying new things and they've been trying new things and they've been giving the show a different direction and they've been giving the show storylines and i think everyone on on raw and on smackdown was on there for a purpose on Monday and Tuesday, like there was nothing that I could say on both these shows, whether you like them or hated them, that had no purpose in the long run, even coming off of stomping grounds, like everything had a purpose, everything flowed into each other. I mean, even, you know, you look at stomping grounds, which to me wasn't like a traditional pay-per-view in the least, just as far as the way that they even built segments, like they had Ricochet go to the back and then they had heavy machinery come right back out. Like that was a cool thing that they tried there. It's like, they know that their the viewership is down. They know that people are not feeling the pro, the product. But this is different from last year when you had the, the heels on top every single week and the baby faces look like idiots. We've got strong baby faces. We've got different types of matches. We've got longer matches still, but with a new with with a new uh, stipulation where it's two out of three falls. It's like I can't hate them for trying something different because I think that when they get it right and they, and they figure out what it is. And I think a lot of what, I, what people don't like about it is that the talents involved aren't talent that you want to be seeing in two out of three falls matches. Or it's like, you know, why are you, why are you breaking up the matches? Like I should just stop trying to do match times and shit like that. It's like, okay. But it's like, they're trying to reinvent something that they've been doing for years. It's very hard when you're, when you're essentially working with people that have worked one way for the, you know, their whole lives. And that's Okay. I think them trying and, you know, people not giving them credit for trying something new is, is incredibly, you know, kind of histrionic. It's like, yo, like just give them, give it some time. I, I think it's too early for us, for me to say like, all out and out, I hated this. They should never do it again because next week they could, they could knock it out the park. So I see what you're saying. I don't agree with it. Um, because to me, it creates a lot of, like instead to me it doesn't change really like t- to see a match start again after a commercial break to me doesn't change from the matches flowing through the commercial break like it's a, it, it's a weird thing where they segmentize kind of everything now and it's it's to the, like the most like micro level at this point it's not even on a macro level where it's like okay maybe that's where we need to work it's on a micro level where they're like okay well this is going to happen that match and then you're going to have a pinfall so now people are losing twice on raw for no reason so people are losing twice on SmackDown for no reason. Um, I mean, weird. How many, it, it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 not like it. It affects the show much more than it should. When instead of just having maybe this match lasts this one segment and maybe we start in a different match, 
it's like, okay, now we have Alexa Bliss versus Naomi, and then they're going to run in, and now we have a tag match right after, and legitimately you have the same result in both matches. So it's kind of like, what are we really gaining? It's just one from week. A, it, it's from, again. It's no, it, this week. is the second week that it's happened. This is the second week. It, ha- well, it started last yeah. week. It started I, last week. It started last week. Okay. I swear to God, it started last I'm not, week. I'm not, I'm not debating that. No, no. I'm no. not getting hype about it either. Like, but I don't feel it. that strongly about it. I, I completely understand. I feel strongly about it because it's just so, to me, it kind of ruins the flow of the show. It very much so ruins the flow of the show. And then what they could be doing instead and... But they, I mean, it just ruins the flow of the show. Even creative has to change because you're doing these type of things. Like, it's very weird in terms of just the story of the show to to have these matches and everyone doing it over and et cetera, et cetera. It's just so weird. I don't know. It's just me. It's me. It's weird. It's very weird. Again, it's too early for me to say that, that this is killing the I'm not saying this is killing the show. I'm saying it's weird. I'm saying it's not necessary. That's what I'm saying. It's it's not necessary at all. I like what they did with uh, Kofi this week when they did that. That was cool. I like what they did. I like what they did with with Shane and Miz too with that stipulation. I think that the stipulation can be used to to do really cool things. I think that I think that that women's match is kind of like an outlier. I think that if you get if you're able to get two separate matches that make two separate teams look good in the case of like the New Day Brian uh, Rowan match and the uh, Heavy Machinery when they add they added KO and Heavy Machinery to it, it's like you gave both those teams the rub again, making your baby faces look strong so that when they lose, it actually means something. What about the other guys? Though? I think that that you know. Does Daniel Bryan need to win all the time? Does does, does I, mean, he, I mean Sami Zayn and KO they lose just twice wanna, in one night though? Like twice they, in one night? They they didn't both lose twice in one night. They two two separate teams got pinned. It wasn't like Bryan took the pin twice. It was two separate teams. Bryan took the pin, and then I believe uh, KO took the pin. I believe it was two different teams. It's it's it's, it's you're setting you're also setting up programs for later. So it's like KO have, and and Sami beating the New Day. Heavy Machinery have beaten uh, KO and Zayn, so that sets up two separate matches as well. I, th- I think that, again, as, as weird as it was, it was still logical in the sense that the babyfaces have beaten the heels before. Let's give them matches against each other later on and see what they can do. I, again, it, it's, it, it's completely logical. It is weird, but again, it's like you're, you get the full match anyway. You just don't have to... It just starts over after the commercial. That's all. So when they do Miz versus Elias and say, hey... If Miz, you beat him in two out of three falls, <coughs> you can get your, you know, you can get your match with Shane, and then he loses anyway. Could that not have been just been accomplished with one fall? Especially considering he lost the first fall anyway. Well, uh, he it, it was two one, so they, he won the second fall because that's usually what happens in these types of Miz matches. Won by, goes, yeah, he won by it DQ. Go, it goes one, it goes one one, it goes one one, and then 100%. essentially it shows that Shane is afraid. Of Miz, and that's why he keeps interfering. He keeps doing a bunch of chicanery to to screw Miz out of the match. It's, it's a it's a longer chance to get heat on Shane, which again I don't like Shane as top heel, but it makes sense for them giving him more heat because now it makes me think that the end game isn't Shane Kofi. I think the end game is essentially a SummerSlam going to be Miz Shane again. That's what it's making me think. Mm-hmm. Two out of three falls matches are not necessary in this, but you know it's we like can... CMLL does it. So I mean. How much? How many? How much time have we talked about CMLL on this show? That though? doesn't matter. I'm just saying that's what that's what they do. That's that's yeah. What but maybe it's not. It from. 
I don't know. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that I'm not saying that, Oh, it's ruining the product and Oh, we'll never do this. But I really just don't think it's necessary. I think it's uh, the opposite of necessary. I think they need to focus their talents on other more enticing stories. Uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we can I think, see. I think, I think we'll, I'll wait and see on this. Uh, Mojo Raleigh. And Jinder Mahal both signed new five-year deals. Uh, Max deals, I, I remember, baby. <laughs> remember, I said earlier that there are a lot of there are a couple people that we were going to talk about that, that did what was best for uh, for their their lives essentially. And I think this is an example of that. Like, not everybody is unhappy in the system. I think that again, if you think about the global reach of WWE, like a lot of people find a fan base and they find a niche when they're there. I, I think them resigning. A gender is great because you need a you need a gender. You need someone that you know when they need to heat them up, they can heat them up and have them against a, a face. Or you know, if you need him in a twenty four seven segment, he'll be there. You know. What do you think about these five year deals now as opposed to the three year deals that they previously used to do? Is it is it uh, do you think it's like a, a, a ploy to continue to keep people from jumping to AEW? Because at least that's what it feels like for me. Because five years is five years is a great deal. Don't get me wrong. Five years, what guaranteed money for five years? That's fantastic. If WWE is your niche, um, but you know it's a little bit longer than three deals. It's obviously a change that they're implementing. Uh, a lot of people have been signing five year deals. I believe KO signed one earlier, and maybe also the Usos earlier this year. Um, not sure of the you know not sure of the. The specifics of the deal, but it looks like they're moving more towards five-year deals. Um, sort of any comment or any idea on like, hey, they're five now. I think five-year deals is it should be the minimum that they go for. I mean, I think that you look at companies like New Japan who who played themselves with like one-year deals and doing these piecemeal three-year, you know, two-year deals are like that's just opening yourself up to getting played or or even worse. I, I mean, I think even with talent that I see, I might not see them at the top of the car like a Mojo Raleigh, like you definitely need them in, in other aspects where it's either it's like a mid-car guy or somebody that can kind of fill out the roster. Like you you can't, you know, afford to have these guys, you know, fall to the wayside so to speak in that instance so i mean i think it's definitely a good thing like even even like if aew wasn't around i'd still be saying the same thing i i think you don't want these types of talents to go away because they could provide so much to your roster if they're there even on an enhancement you know uh basis like the ascension or somebody like that right um you know i'm not totally against it but i see what's going on um mojo raleigh and jinder mahal both signed new five-year deals um, congratulations to them. God bless the next five years. Um, now, one person who hasn't signed, who's very close to my heart, <laughs> has not been reportedly as of signed. I know how you feel about this. You know, you're on the FMB ball uh, type of tip. Mm-hmm. But Rusev Day, <laughs> Rusev Day, Rusev Day. I'm a big fan of Rusev. I know a lot of people, all right, yeah, he can come, he can go. It is what it is. Rusev in the WWE, I don't know if it works outside of the WWE, is what I'm uh, saying. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of these people who have signed five-year deals work outside of the WWE, which is potentially why they might have signed five-year deals. Um, absolutely not. Um, we've seen Jinder Mahal on the Indies, and it's like, I don't know if it, uh, bells are ringing when uh, 
his name was was coming up. Even though I think Mojo Rawley's a talent that they barely utilize. Like, uh, what is there to utilize? He's he's a great speaker. He's a great speaker. Use him for something that involves speaking. <laughs> well, shit, put, put him in Connecticut in the office with the social people. Then shit. <laughs> I mean, shit. Mojo Rawley starts bringing in YouTube videos. I'm not mad at that. But nah, he, he's a great athlete. But uh, uh, Rusev hasn't resigned, or it's it's been said that his contract comes up in a couple of weeks or months or something like that. Uh, I've also heard a report that said that he wanted a leave of absence from the company, and they haven't granted that to him. I heard they did. Oh, they did. So he which actually, is why he's not on. Yeah, which is why he's not on television right now. Um, makes sense. I mean, it's cool that they did that for him. I, I think with Rusev, it's. I think that argument came up if he was damaged goods a couple of days ago, and. Mm. I think that he is damaged goods in the sense that I do feel as though a lot of his bad rep doesn't directly come from him, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I think it comes from his wife, for Mm -hmm. sure. I think that there are a lot of points in his career that he could have broken away and and done something really cool with his character, but he was literally right back next to Lana the next week. You know, it's like we haven't seen him be much of anything without her. Like she has to right. be involved in everything. And yeah. um it's weird. I think it's weird. Um, but also I don't know, Rusev and Lana just work. They just it's just a pairing that seems to just work and it doesn't seem when they're apart, it doesn't seem like it's right. Which is weird to say. I mean, it's weird to have that such dependence on the character, but it's also um, kind of cool that these characters kind of like it. I don't want to, you know, people are going to say, dude, you're wallin', but it's like Macho Man and Elizabeth in a sense. It's like, it's like they, you know, they can, I think they can have, you know, well, I don't know about Miss Elizabeth. She, I mean, her character outside of, you know, Macho Man. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to shit on the dead, but yeah. Um, but um, in terms of just being together, it's just a pairing that works. To me, my, Rusev and Lana are, are just work that way. And I think, I just think that he wants the opportunity to continue to prove himself. And sure, time and time I, again, time I, and, I just feel like he's, he, he, he's one of those talents who wants more but they necessarily don't see more in him. And that's kind of where the disconnect comes in. I don't think they see him as a world champion, whereas he wants to get to the point where he can become a world champion, but they don't see him that way. That's what I'll say. uh, We don't have to have a full diatribe on Rusev because there's a few more things that we have to talk about, including a pay-per-view that happened this week. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if he's gone... Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> I, I mean, he's, that's, I, I, I didn't see him, you know, you know, I've never saw him as anything more than like an upper mid guy anyway. So I think John Cena damaged him way before <laughs> I could even have that conversation. He just, to me, has always been that. I think they've always pushed him as that. So he'll sure. always be that to me. I, I can't see him as anything else. Sure. Um, AEW Fighter Fest is this weekend. Uh, very little conversation about it. I don't know if I'll be watching it. Are you going to be watching it? Probably not. But, um... I mean, I'm not. Any, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Probably not. I'll probably be doing something else. Um, anything that sticks out to you on this card? Have you seen the card? Yeah, I've seen the card. Anything um, that sticks out to you? Is it John Moxley match? 
Uh, I'll watch it. Uh, I think the Bucks match. I guess I'll check out. There's the the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers and mm-hmm. Laredo Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there is John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Which should be crazy because they're probably going to allow him to do all types of crazy shit. Um, let's see. There is oh, there's a match with AEW World Tag Team Championship implications. Oh, the, the we talked about it last week on the show. Uh, the winners get a chance to get a bye by winning another <laughs> match, <laughs> which is like the match you would have had anyway. I agreed with Mark. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, Over, overthinking it. If, and not much on this card, but then again, the roster can, really needs to fill out more on this. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the. Um, I didn't have it here, but we should just talk about the Evolve news, right? Yes, uh, WWE Network will be airing the Evolve 10th anniversary show on July 13th. Uh, it's going to be going to be headlined by Matt Riddle versus uh, Drew Gulak, as Ooh. well. Yeah, very very enticing match if you will as well as adam cole defending his nxt championship against akira tozawa and what should be a really great match um this was announced literally today <laughs> uh it's gonna be airing on july 13th but it's opposite aew's fight for the fallen which is headlined by uh the code the, the Rhodes brothers versus the young bucks um kenny omega got on twitter literally just moments- literally literally moments ago <laughs> Yeah, months before we even started the show, uh, and he—it's—it's it's, the tweet has been deleted. I think many places that have tweets are never deleted, as you as you probably <laughs> ever never have, have, have figured out in the last about what half an hour. Yeah, um, <laughs> only, only two though, which is like weird that deleted everything but those those two tweets when I was like twenty. But um, Kenny Omega got on on Twitter and said, "If lining your pockets with blood money is okay." then what's wrong with t- trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. Uh, I think he's not a fan. I think he's one of those people who are not a fan of the competition. And as while I think Cody and maybe the Bucks and maybe a couple other people are thriving on it, he's someone who really just wants to carry out his business and do his own thing. Um, so I, I do he think throws in, shots. he throws shots. I do think in general, it kind of, maybe it's a cause that means a lot to him. I don't know. Um, but it didn't matter when he, when he booked the pedophile at the last charity show he did. I mean, this is true, but once again, maybe this is a show. Not, not that I'm running over that. Don't get me wrong. That's terrible. It's just that was a Tampa bad. show. That was a, that was a show that was for the, for the victims of that, of the club shooting. I think was that last one. Um, but I do definitely think that in this sort of situation, he doesn't feel good because it's, it's head to head. But then again, this is the competition that has all, it's been promoted and promised, right? The WWE versus AEW. How is it undermining a charity show? This show was going to happen anyway. (laughs) Also, I don't even think they're in the same place. They're not. And the the thing is, this show was going to be like that charity show is going to be streamed anyway. Yeah, uh, it's not undermining it. You're both streaming. What, what are you talking about? I'm not sure how much it undermines the show. It definitely draws attention away from the show, and I'm assuming that they wanted full attention on this show. Um, one of the headlined in matches is Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks that they um, promoted at that pay per view. What was it? All Out, Double or no- Double or Nothing. There we go. Um, the rest of the card is smelly. 
Well, it hasn't been filled out yet. But yes, yeah, it looks kind of smelly. Um, <laughs> it's but, terrible. But, but, I mean, could you see his point or nah? No. Or you just, no? Uh-uh. Because the thing is, if you're going to have the same energy for Omega, if you're going to talk about Seth Rollins and what he's done before and all that stuff, talk about what Omega's done before. I don't mm. see your point. I don't see your point. I don't see the point of undermining it in healthy competition. This is as healthy as it gets. The, the I mean, you're gonna the WWE's gonna put their. I mean, this card was like meals again. This card was happening anyway. So what is he talking about? It wasn't yeah. like they made this card yesterday. And, and I'm assuming, considering the fact that it's airing, it's not like they said, "Oh, now we're airing it on the network." Yeah, I don't think they can necessarily do that. I think these things come with you know time and advance, and and especially when you're airing, especially when you're airing a independent wrestling organization on the wwe network. i mean if you want to you want to talk about charity i mean i mean you really want to talk about charity <laughs> i don't know like, i don't want to bring charity into this venomous <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. conversation wanna, wanna i don't want to really bring charity i think everybody's doing well for themselves um fans will watch what they want to watch or they'll watch both i think the fans win at the end of the day right um well, some fans are going to be watching one thing over the other, and I think well, some fans will be in Jacksonville, and some people will be where Evolve is. Like it, it just is what it is. I don't see how one affects the other. Um, you know, the, the audacity for him to get online and say that as the president of the company, though, is a little bit. The optics of that aren't really good. Mm. He, I don't think he should have said anything. I that's, think you what, that's what you don't say something about. Like, that's the one thing you don't like. You don't come out like the like Seth wasn't saying fuck New Japan, fuck AEW, or you guys are lining your pockets with blood money or some shit like that. Like he could. Well, so I, th- I think I think from perspective, it's not I think it's probably the best not to come out react you know reacting at all <laughs> in this way well i don't know about it at all at the same at some point you you address it because this is once again they're doing another show also i think it's all out august 31st which is going to go up against nw i mean nxt uk's major show as well that was um, planned but you know that was planned months and months you know that they was had to planned plan that months and months ago. plenty in advance but it, yeah it, it's it's the shows going up against the shows even you know but i think at some point you do address it and you're just like hey listen we're doing what we're doing they're doing what they're doing and that's kind of how you address it I don't think it's something where WWE is trying to undercut and stop fan. You know, you stop the proceeds for people for gun violence. Um, that's that's a sick, think, that's a sick thing to say in general. But I, I don't know. I think he's just general. I don't know. I can't read his sort of. I don't. I don't know who um, Kenny Omega is. But I just fe- generally feel like this entire competition. He's someone who's in the recent couple of months. I feel like has stayed out of it. I I um he deleted the tweet. Yeah, he deleted it. He, he deleted the tweet. It's for uh, it's for the best. It's for the best. Also, just six minutes ago, CM Punk filed a lawsuit against Cole Cabana. So oh, we we still doing that? Yeah, that this again. That's huh, a bad friend. Terrible friend. You want to talk about bad friends? <laughs> it's a bad friend. Uh, but moving on. Uh, stomping rounds. Let's let's just talk about that really quickly before we get to the shows and get out of here. Uh, one, one 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 quick thing. One quick thing. Yeah. Netflix's Glow returns August 9th. I'm excited. Can't wait. I mean, we gotta definitely we gotta definitely have an episode about that. Yeah, yeah. We just gotta. I feel like we should just do a separate episode about the entire season. I'm with it. 
All right, let's talk about it. Um, um, stomping grounds on Sunday. I know Mills, you were off last week for a prediction show. Did you predict anything? Were you right? Did, no, you, I didn't predict shit. Didn't, okay, cool. <laughs> well, uh, I don't predict done. things off the clock. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no it was, I, I, I predicted that I would not like the show, and it was much better than I thought it had any right to be. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good show. All shows, all all these matches shown by the times on this got a good great amount of time. Everything's in the double digits. Um, you know, we had it, a, a go ahead. It felt different. Like I said earlier, it felt different as a show, just the way it, they presented it. It felt I I'd say it felt different because it felt like a lot of these guys had a fire on their ass because everyone sort of brought it in their respective matches. And, and they didn't the- feel like Raw or SmackDown matches either in the way they were presented. They no. all felt like a literal... Well, maybe know, the main event, but no. Yeah. Even that with the way, even the way that was portrayed was very much like an attitude era main event. I thought that, I thought it could have been it. a cool Raw main event. I mean, they could have split it up with no count out one fall and no disqualification one fall or however the fuck they're doing their business now. But um, I thought, I thought, you know, I thought overall the show, um, especially if there's one thing that stole the show for me, it's that triple threat match for the Cruiserweight Championship. It was just so good. I still got to watch it. it. It's it's really, really good. And all these guys, they won the crowd over, um, which the crowd had, I, I feel like had no, had no intention of going into that match and being excited from it, but they definitely won the crowd over. And MVP of the show might be Tacoma Washington because my God, they, they were, were on it. They were hot. They were hot for a crowd that was apparently like half filled. Um, did not sell out. WWE did not sell out by a lot. Um, for pay per view, the first pay per view that they're doing, they're doing stomping grounds, and they haven't done a pay per view in Tacoma Washington in close to eleven years. Um, they were on it and they were excited and they, it felt like they had not seen WWE for a long time and, 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 and they were reacting. And they deserve another one. They deserve another paper. They deserve another one. Stomping Grounds too. I think that they, they were great. <laughs> I thought that the matches were great. I thought, I thought Roman and Drew put on a hell of a show. I thought uh, Roman and Drew, that's probably, if I, if I say Drew Gulak and Tony Nese and Akira Tozawa is my, the best match in the card, Drew, Roman versus Drew is probably my favorite. I think Roman Reigns has a great sense of timing. I've said this before. He knows when to draw you in. He knows when to bring you back out. He knows when to pull it. You know, He just knows when to go forward, and, and it creates this incredible roller coaster kind of way <laughs> for this match, and he, he's been killing it. He's been killing it. Uh, Wrestling Observer reported that the pay per view did ninety eight hundred buys, which is a major low. Um, I don't. No know one buys pay per views. Why are we still reporting this? <laughs> Meltzer's been on this really weird tangent about pay per view buys and what AEW did, and it's like, uh, okay, Who fucking buys pay per views anymore. Give me the guess, network numbers. Guess what? All yeah. If you're if you're that big and bad, just get the network numbers then. Because he's just saying, oh, you know, this WrestleMania did a hundred thousand buys. So what? <laughs> yeah. Let me see the subscriber count. Like that's what I'm looking for. Like it, I don't I don't see the point of pay per view buys anymore. And in reporting it is once again, you know, it it's seems right. like you're fishing for a certain narrative. That business isn't doing as well, but when it's weird that they're fishing for this narrative because it's only hitting the it's only hitting the very small pond. I mean, in the in the large scheme of things, of rest of of wrestling fans that actually subscribe to these types of things, and the mainstream 
to them, it might just be a down period itself, and they have so they have other things going on. It's the summertime; they're going outside. They don't really give a shit about it right now. They'll be back in the fall. Or, I mean, even television networks. It's like you know, remember they were reporting Fox is worried. Then they're reporting, oh, Fox, they might get a show on FS1. You know, it's like it, there's it, Fox wants Jerry the King Lawler at all. Yeah, terrible, terrible, right? But it's like again, it's it is crazy that they're they're spouting this narrative to like maybe 800 people that yeah. they're just going to go on Twitter and talk about it. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, raw and SmackDown. I, I thought that, uh, I didn't, I didn't really have a problem with either show this week. I thought, um, SmackDown to me was, a sh- was slightly stronger than raw. Uh, I, I think raw was capped off by the excitement over, uh, Ricochet versus AJ Styles, which is a match that I thought absolutely delivered. Um, I'll say raw was, little, I'll say raw was a little bit better than SmackDown this week. Okay. I think, um, in terms of the shits of shows this week, I think one of the major surprises that we got was the return of The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Just I, out of I, nowhere. I, I liked it. I liked it. I did like that. That's how you do a return. Yeah. And 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 to see Roman Reigns and The Undertaker um, teaming up is something that I probably thought we'd never seen. And he has the history with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre gets a rub off of this. This is a win for me on all fronts. Um, I like it. I I, lo- I love the return. It's one of the most viewed things on social media this week. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, I I thought that, I mean just like a, a broad stroke of things going on. I thought the elimination match was was particularly strong as well. Again, these teams uh, all going against each other. All all great teams. I mean, really great tag match to start it off. Uh, one th- another thing I want to talk about is the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross storyline continuing through both shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this again very strong. I I. I you know, I hear the complaints that there should be more than one woman storyline, and on SmackDown there is, but um, on Raw I, I do I do enjoy uh, Alexa continuously kind of manipulating Nikki, and again Nikki's character like, surprising me every single week. Nikki's character, I feel like. Sorry, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I turned on Alexa again. Of course you did. Um, I was <laughs> waiting for it. Um, would you say that she's benefiting from the lack of Sasha Banks that we've had? Yes. Uh, I absolutely and, and, uh, so, did. I say Alexa or I mean Nikki? I said Nikki, right? They both are. I think Bailey is too. I think um, it's it's weird to think, but you know, we're getting Nikki Cross in this very Nikki Cross, who's been on Raw for months, months, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and wasn't used for like the first four of them. Um, so you know she's benefiting from this i love the storyline alexa bliss manages to carry it through there's a great alexa bliss wwe 365 um documentary she got a big ass house man she got to listen she's doing well for herself mhm she's doing well, well for herself um for that big ass pig um but it's a it, you know i i thought it's obviously building we've seen something like this before it's building towards something i can't wait to see what happens yeah, I, that's I, all I can I say. Really enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, I, I think that the AJ Good Brothers storyline, I'm very intrigued by it because you know I think logically you think that AJ turns heel here against Ricochet, but at the end of Raw it didn't seem that way with, with between them. What do you think I'm, is going to end up? Here? I missed the end of Raw. I legitimately fell asleep at the end of the match. Well, I feel so bad. They hugged. They hugged, and and, and I'm old. They showed it. They showed each other respect, and they hugged. And I was like, okay, well, I thought that that would there would have been a swerve here. So I guess they're going to wait. But I think we're starting to see Ricochet in a bigger storyline here, which 
again, remember I said I was going to wait six months. I mean, we're two and a half, three months into this, and I think he's doing well for himself here. I know a lot of people didn't like him losing, but it's not like he was losing to Robert Roode again. We, clearly, this feud will continue. It's just a, a matter of how it will continue. I mean, I didn't see anything really bad from him. I mean, it was just kind of, well, why did that happen? But it, otherwise than that, everything's been moving straight so far, and he's been moving very forward. He's won the United States Championship at Stomping Grounds, which is major for him. Um, it's major for his career. He's in this He's in this battle with AJ Styles. AJ Styles can definitely lend, you know, ricochet his talents and lend his brain to this entire thing. So I think it's great. Um, yeah, we'll see definitely where it goes. It doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, and I'm glad they got him away from Samoa Joe almost instantly. I think well, you don't stick to that very long. Well, yes. It was speaking about Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe hasn't found a new playmate and it is Kofi Kingston. How do you feel about that? I'm, thank, I, I, thank you, God. <laughs> I'm going to be 100 with you. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> It's better than Dolph Ziggler, bro. It's it's one hundred percent better than Dolph Ziggler. I don't I know the, if I don't know if Samoa Joe is the most dynamic opponent, which is why yeah. I think why I think you might not like it. But I know I, the promos are going to be good. So I think a large part of that, and also part of it, is that um, Samoa Joe. It's great if you make him seem like a contender. But the man has lost more WWE Championship matches than people have had matches at this point on Raw. What like, if he wins? What if he wins? That that would be great. I just want him to. At, at this point, he has to look like a content. For me, you put him in this situation, it's most likely he's going to lose. But there should at least be like, yo, should he? There should be a question like, yo, should we win this match or like, what are we doing with Samoa Joe? Really, are we putting him in these WWE Championship matches because? We need a very strong, brutal-looking opponent for a, a plucky face to beat, you know. Because he essentially, this is the same storyline that was with the AJ Styles thing, that was with the Rey Mysterio thing, that was with the Ricochet thing, and now it's with the Kofi Kingston thing. And it's kind of like, well, we know that you know Samoa Joe isn't the sort of focus on the future of where they're going now. But to continue to put him in these WWE Championship matches, to me, it just feels like, what are we really doing? Like, we, So we're just going to... I know he's going to lose. So it's like, what's the point? I mean, you know. I, I get what they're doing. I get because I mean, Kofi needs a strong opponent. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm saying. He's a, he needs a, I mean, he needs opponents. They're going all the way with him. And he's got to go against somebody... I'd rather it be Joe than if they'd gone if they'd gone all the way with Joe once, I probably wouldn't have felt this about. If he had like won the WWE championship during the AJ thing and maybe lost it already, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. But it's kind of I wouldn't feel bad if he did it here. Uh one of the extreme of rules. Of course you wouldn't feel bad. Of course. Uh, you know. uh, come on, that narrative's over. <laughs> like, like if he if he if he won the extreme rules, lost it back at SummerSlam, and then Kofi continued and, then, and he was a two-time champion. I, I mean, I don't I don't mind these things. Again, I don't think Joe is the best opponent in ring wise anymore. I mean, that Ricochet match, like Ricochet did a lot of magic to make that one work. And mm-hmm. you know, he made Joe's offense look like he was he was selling shotgun uh shotgun bullets right but like you know is it you know in the end it 
Kofi needs guys to beat and he needs the guys to dance with. And if they're not going back to the KO thing, cause he's like Kofi seemingly like cleared up every single beef that he had in the last two months, literally on both shows this week. He, My man is clean. Sammy, he beat Sammy and KO clean back to back. Then he beat Dolph Ziggler. Like <laughs> he beat the motherfucker like a drum on SmackDown. We'll talk about that in a second, but like, you know, I I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. It's a, it's, it's a very interesting sort of a, sort of wrote but you know did, did you notice the uh the Bra- bray's puppets throughout this week i did i did it seems like bray isn't gonna be and and we didn't get a funhouse segment this week mm-hmm. so it seems like we're gonna it's imminent. very imminent yes um that we'll get bray white on raw which you know i'm not a big, biggest fan of but you know well, he, they showed up on smackdown too they showed up on smackdown yeah they showed up on smackdown as well so you know we'll see what happens um Speaking of what? SmackDown, yeah. uh, Kofi, like as we mentioned before, uh, did wait, 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 wait. One more thing on Raw: um, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans versus Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. They they've taken this uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch thing, and they're going all in. How do you feel about it? Cool. It's different. How do you feel? How do you feel about the pair of Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans? But they're both hated. <laughs> they're both hated. I mean, I would much rather that than a Baron Corbin singles match, to be quite honest with you. Here's my thing. You can't knock. I don't. Again, I am not defending this, but I I cannot knock them for trying to get two people that do get booze, do get reactions, putting them in a position where they can make their faces look good and they can give their heels a rub. Mm. Okay. I, I you can't knock them for I know we'd rather I would rather want I'd rather have other people in that in that position as well but everyone is literally tied up right now so like I'd rather them do that and then move on I don't again I still don't know what SummerSlam looks like literally like if Sasha Banks is not coming back I don't know what it looks like for Becky <laughs> I have no idea because the stipulation, I don't know. stipulation is that like if they if they lose they can't go against them ever again that's the stipulation yeah it looks like they're not going to go against them ever again. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it looks like they're not going to go against them ever again. It looks like they're about to send Team Rocket blasting off. <laughs> oh, I mean, essentially, I don't know what SummerSlam looks like, but you know, as as we are, you know... Well, it's, it's going to be a big card. It's in Toronto. Toronto, it's going to be big. And they can heat up. They can heat up literally anyone. Anyone. They can just throw anyone in there. Yeah, so we'll see what happens after after Extreme Rules. But I, I don't hate it. It's different. I, I do like that they're they're mentioning the relationship on TV because it's like, why not? Why not mention it? They're the two they're the two champions on your on your flagship show. Why not have them together? Again, it's like the people who are annoyed with it are literally people who either think that a man shouldn't be getting helped by a woman or they feel as though it's undermining a championship or, or it's like it's really superficial things. I think it's sweet. I think they're cool. I think that they... People they, find it weird or weird. Yeah, people find it weird <laughs> or very weird. That, that's a great way to put it. Or weird. Uh, I, I find nothing wrong with it. But, you know, the match itself, it is what it is. Um, we're getting it. Extreme rules in a couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. 
uh, SmackDown. Uh, we did talk about these tag matches earlier, but there was a large part of the show was devoted to uh, the tandem of uh, Rowan and Daniel Bryan, as well as the, t- the tandem of Xavier Woods and Big E, uh, Heavy Machinery, and KO and Sami Zayn. We talked about this during the uh, the match changes segment of the show. I did feel as though the, both matches were extremely strong. I think Heavy Machinery is like they're working very hard. I think that they're actually winning over a lot of fans with, with their act as well, especially Tucker. I thought Tucker has been working his ass off lately. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They're, um, they're doing, they're doing good. They're doing good. Uh, Nikki cross beat Bailey. I think it's Bailey's first loss in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, my after she started losing after mania. Yeah. Or before mania, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it, this is all continuously building and it it, it, it looks cool and it's a great look for Nikki cross and it's a great storyline for her. Yes. I mean, cause you know, now it's technically like what if Nikki beat Bailey already, she should be getting a title shot and not Alexa. So it looks like, I mean, if, if, Charlotte's not going to be back for a while. I Charlotte chilling. Charlotte was out stomping ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she was in the backstage area. She was just romping it up. She, she was cheering on Ricochet. I was she like, was what? cheering on Ricochet. She was just like, oh, just, I think I felt like she was in Gorilla <laughs> at the wrong time. Yeah. And they're just like, yo, Charlotte, stand over here. And she's like, I'm clapping now, but I'm a heel and I hate people. I'm um, cool with it. I'm cool with it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind a. Uh, Alexa Bailey Nikki triple threat that would be pretty dope and then uh, but the thing is neither of them are on Raw or on Smackdown which is again I'm not sure again turned on Alexa but uh, yeah. I mean but you know that's a, it's more a thing for sort of Bailey to win I have a question for you I have a yeah. question for you this will yeah. be exciting who is knocking on Alistair Black's door we it's got not- the we got the segment of Alistair Black He's finally, he's asking, he's begging for competition. He's wondering why people haven't been challenging him. Like, this is crazy. And then someone knocks on his door and he does that creepy, I don't know if Vince taught him that smile, but don't do it again. Um, that can, creepy smile. Can, can, we, can we give him his flowers for his delivery on this segment? Yeah, it's incredible. I thought he's doing great. He's a hell of a promo. I think that, again, I've said this from the beginning, he should be an event. He should be a big deal when he is in the ring. That's one thing that I worried about with him being in that tag match or the tag matches with Ricochet was that like, you don't want to see this entrance every single week. You know, like mm. that's just not what we should be seeing every week. You're, you're probably going to end up seeing it every week after a while I anyway. I don't, I don't think we will. I think if, if we do, it'll, it'll, it'll be like, they should save that entrance. You know, it shouldn't be like that every week. But, um, I don't think it's Bray. I know people keep putting, two and two together with the oh, let me in knock on the door i don't think it's bray um if it's rumored it's rumored to be cesaro i think that's excellent cesaro th- wants to smoke i think if it's buddy i think that's excellent too i think it's a misdirect God, buddy I think, I think it's a misdirect though i think it is a misdirect i think he will get that match at extreme rules and, and orton will be his match at SummerSlam. I because I, I, Orton is all you know. You know when people when when the, when the booking and the creative sees something in someone because Orton's always their first feud. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Roman, Roman got it. Seth got it. Everyone gets the Roman feud. Uh, Daniel Bryan got it when they see the, Dan, a lot. the Randy Orton feud. Yeah, it's yeah every, a, everyone gets it. Yeah, you know what? Not mad at it. We also had another um, very enticing i guess you know confrontation this week shinsuke nakamura has finally returned to our television set how do you feel 
I popped. <laughs> I know you did. It was in the, it's to your faves in the segment. Yeah, I popped. <laughs> it's like you booked this. It's like, oh, here we go. Here I, we go. I will say I was mad. How come nobody told me? And I think people did that on purpose. Are they? Nobody told me that. Not gonna no one's away. watching SmackDown. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> My timeline is gone. Like I watch it because I have no other time to watch it to prepare for this show. But. Timeline is gone, but Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor. My mm-hmm. God, what an event. This Love is it. what we've been waiting for, right? Love it. Uh, I, I know Shinsuke is not the same guy he used to be, and uh, Finn kind of wrestles up to his his opponent's level, but um, I think it should be a great fucking feud. If they, they, need, they, they need to give me that match now. I, I, I was bummed out again about the Andrade thing, but it looks like Andrade Apollo, Apollo is, a, is a cool little consolation feud between two guys that work really, really hard. And I think Maybe we get in Japan. Who knows? I think that'd be dope, too. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential in that match, and I think that if you give Nakamura, you know, IC title... He can make it look like it, you know, at least a shell of what it looked like in New Japan if he has Listen, that belt. It would be a great, it would be, he would be, he might be the first person to ever hold both Intercontinental Championships, huh? Yeah. Uh, hi, Jericho. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, I forgot it. <laughs> he existed. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a cool segment. Another cool segment I thought was, uh, you know, made a, made a lot of sense was the Sonya Deville Ember Moon uh match and feud that you know again nice undercard feud yeah nice little undercard they're doing a lot of they're doing a lot of um cool intertwining with the carmella mandy sonia and ember sonia mandy feud i think this all will build up to carmella eventually coming out to help ember moon i think you know it's great to get ember moon on tv in any way shape or form and and i think that you know as short as a match it is i see where they're trying to go with it and i and i do really enjoy uh, Sonya and Mandy together. What? No Iconics this week, though. No, I mean, Iconics, yeah, they were in a pre... I think they were in a pre-taped segment. Mm-hmm. Um, or in a WWE exclusive segment. I mean, that's where they thrive anyway, on the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they were they were worried about their Kabuki Warriors match, which I thought was this week, but it's apparently in Japan, I think. Yeah, it's in Japan. It's in Japan, so... The, 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 the Japan match is... Going to going to determine if they get the title title shot. match. Right. So I'm guessing the title match will happen at Extreme Rules to yeah. fill out that card. That's what it looks like. Um, what else happened? Um, they a hinted at a little. They hinted at a little. You know, I don't. I don't know sexual tension or something between Sonya and and I don't know if she was just being extra touchy. I do that, Mandy. To my, I do that to my friends. Oh, word. All right. Well. Mm-hmm. Say uh, keep that energy away from the barbecue that I won't be at. No, um, not, that's gonna be the whole barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um anything else from SmackDown, man. Uh, oh, I, I, this week in 24-7. Lots of lots of cha- first of all, Drake Maverick lost it at his wedding. Yeah, we got uh, how do we how we would be remiss to figure nah, out I mean, that. We, at this point, the twenty four seven needs its own type of thing. It's yeah. Raw SmackDown, and then the world of twenty four seven, which uh, is twenty four seven. Literally, uh, lost it to our truth at his wedding. Then our truth lost it to he lost it to Heath Slater. Heath Slater. Lost it to EC three. Uh, who? No, no, no. Who, then, then Heath Slater. Yeah, Heath Slater lost it to our truth. Our truth then lost it again to Cedric Alexander. Go Cedric. Cedric lost it to EC three. And the EC3 loses it back to R-Truth. And 
the, that was the, a weird that was a weird lose back because Carmella just took the belt. Yeah, she just took it. I think it was a distraction. It was a distraction. Listen, she's a she's a DAB, if you know what I'm saying. How weird was that? Uh, and then and then not too much 24/7 on SmackDown this week, which No, uh, the which Drake I, Maverick and 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 our truth thing. I'm ge- I'm glad they're giving him time. I think um, it's cool. I like it. It's interesting. I don't know if I haven't been watching 205 Live, so I don't know if this is running off until like he's doing a terrible job. Um, Mike Bennett is doing it on Twitter for us. It's, oh. it's not showing up on 205 proper. The 205 is just kind of matches and that's it. Oh. Um, I do what I would say about SmackDown and even Raw is that a lot of these stories intertwine in so many ways in a way that I've never seen on WWE programming as far as the men and the women intertwining with Carmella, Truth intertwining into truth you know in his 24 7 pursuit and carmella and mandy and sonia becky and Lacey intertwining within seth and uh and baron the tag teams intersecting with the revival and, and all the heel teams against uh with each other against the usos and the new day and everyone i really do enjoy feeling like these characters actually work together right and- are in the same company together I, I really like that idea i and again like i said earlier i really do enjoy the fact that i feel as though they're trying new things because it's it's sorely needed yeah i guess it and yeah it, it, it depends it depends i mean continue to try new things maybe i'll like it maybe i don't a lot of things i, I haven't liked it's not that it's anything bad it's just i think it's not necessary but as long as we continue to try new things we know that we've got one more pay-per-view on the horizon before the big important one the big important one where big important things will happen. So we have that to look forward to in this summer slump that we've been experiencing. Um, but yeah, it, you know, that's this week. It, there was a lot that happened this week and a lot of it just happened in the last like three days. Man, we we went through the gamut of it literally as it happened this week. What a crazy WWE week. uploaded Alexa Bliss versus Bailey at Extreme Rules 2017 to their YouTube if you want to see the evolution of Bailey yeah. and how she really got, she legitimately got beaten five minutes by Alexa bliss. Shout out to the Kendo stick and shout out to Chris Novak. Also. Shout out to Chris Novak, just a Bailey supporter, you know, and shout out to his t- top 25 list. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, make Love sure you him. check that out. He's the, he's a stat guy. Yes. He, he is the stat guy. <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's a, there's a stat guy, Greg, come on. He is stat guy. Greg is the stat guy. He's just, you know, stat guy, Chris stat guy. Oh, but yeah, that was the weekend rest in pro wrestling. Uh, of course, RNC Radio Live. Follow us at RNC Radio Live. We have a bunch of podcasts. Of course, we had the premiere of myself and Mark's uh, overly medicated podcast talking about HBO's Euphoria TV show. We're going to keep go going. Go, you guys. Yeah, it just came came out of nowhere. Uh, my my girlfriend was like, "Yet another one." <laughs> I know, right? That's, That's like, why yes. I haven't done one yet. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I know what's gonna happen. I said, "Yep, yet another one." Uh-huh. I missed I I missed my girlfriend doing this podcast right now. So she she laughed at it, but I know that it was. <laughs> it was one of those laughs. It was just yeah. like uh. you know what was behind it. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow, follow us at RC Radio Live. Follow me at OG ninety five and Meals at uh, Meals TV for all the latest and greatest on RNC Radio. And until next week, Meals, you got anything else? Um, once again, listen to that Chatham and Nelson pod. It's pretty good. Um, once again, um, I would say just everyone, you know. 
I won't, I won't say chill out on Twitter, but you know, I think everyone needs to pull it back at just a touch, just a touch. I think we're going into, we're becoming, we're going into a place where we're all going to hate professional wrestling soon. Pull it back just a touch. Try to enjoy what you can. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Or at least make some funny tweets about it. I don't know. That's all I can say. All right. Until next week. For, for Meals, I'm Justin. See you later. My champion is still black.